Hey friends, this is Andy Storch, and I'm excited to announce that we are bringing the Talent Development Think Tank Conference back on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. Yes, you might remember we hosted this conference for the first time in January 2020, and it was a huge hit with everyone telling us it was the best conference they ever attended. And of course, we were looking forward to running it again in 2021 until the pandemic hit. That's when I launched the Talent Development Think Tank membership community, and that's been going strong since May of 2020. But I know how valuable it is to get people together in person, and that's why we are excited to be bringing the conference back again on February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. I'm committed to making this a highly engaging and interactive event where you can connect, learn, and grow together with other talent development professionals. This is going to be the best event out there in talent development, and I would love to see you there. If you want to find more information and get your tickets today, the website is tdtt.us conference. That's tdtt.us slash conference. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat with your host, Andy Storch. The show is dedicated to helping you develop the most important part of your organization, the people. If you are in HR or talent development, or you just want to learn how to get the best out of your people, then you are in the right place. Each week, Andy shares interviews with talent development professionals, thought leaders, and experts to share best practices, learn about the latest trends, and find out what has been successful in the world of talent development. This podcast is designed to give you what you need to be successful in the world of talent development. Now, here's your host, Andy Storch. Welcome to the Talent Development Hot Seat. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you are joining me today for another great episode to help you up your game in the world of talent development. This is episode 341 of the Talent Development Hot Seat. We started this podcast back in 2018, and we are still going strong. We've had lots of great guests over the years. And today we've got some returning guests to talk about a topic that's a little bit different. If you heard my last episode, last two episodes, we had Massimo Bacchus on to talk about compassionate leadership, this framework that he's been working on, as well as his bonus Q&A, where we talked a little bit about his career and some of the challenges and trends that Massimo is seeing in the industry. And I also invited my friend Tim Hagen on the podcast, and we decided to do one together because the three of us, well, we all connected on LinkedIn. We've become really great friends who who talk pretty often. And we've also built, the three of us have also built businesses in this space as independent consultants, coaches, entrepreneurs. You know, we're all in kind of different places on it. And something I've observed over the years in working with a lot of talent development, learning and development professionals is that many seem to have aspirations of you know, potentially leaving the corporate world, running your own business one day, or maybe doing it as a side hustle. I know many people who aspire to be coaches or build a business or a side business as a coach. If that's you, then this episode is for you. If you are very happy as an employee in an organization and you have no interest in running your own business one day, that's okay. In fact, that's fantastic. I'm very happy for you. I still think you can get some value out of listening to some of the things that we talk about in this episode because there are some broad implications. So let me come back to the impetus or, or kind of the, the theme of this episode. I've invited Massimo Bacchus back on, as well as my friend Tim Hagen, to do a quick round-robin conversation on what we've learned are the keys to building a successful business whether it be coaching, consulting, et cetera, in 
the learning and development world and the talent development world, as we all have done. And just for context, Massimo was a practitioner in corporate L&D and organizational development. He left his job about two years ago to go out on his own on as, as an executive coach and a leadership development consultant, and he's done quite well. Tim Hagen, who is my other guest on the podcast today and has been on this podcast in the past as well, is the head of Progress Coaching, which is a company that really works with organizations to help get their people doing better coaching. So he does some coaching himself, but he's really focused on helping you get your managers coaching better. And he's been running his business for well over 25 years. And then, of course, if you know me a little bit, my business, I worked in corporate and corporate consulting as well. I'd also left a couple of years ago to go out on my own as more of a speaker, trainer, consultant. Most of what I do is keynote speaking, and I have a training program based on my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, and I also run the Talent Development Think Tank membership community as well as the conference that's coming up as well. So we're all entrepreneurs doing different things in this space with great networks, and I see both of these guys as really great people who are doing it the right way. And so I wanted to invite them to come on and share this with you. So I hope you get value. Let me know what you think about it, if we should do more episodes in this realm, or if we should just go back to sticking with you know, L&D topics that you're working on. But I was just looking at the data from our past episodes, and we did one a few years ago on building a coaching business in L&D, and it is one of our most downloaded episodes of all time. So I've just taken that as a sign that this is a topic that you all are interested in. So let me know what you think. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Massimo Bacchus and Tim Hagen on building a coaching business in learning and development. All right. I'm excited to invite on the show today, my friends, Massimo Bacchus and Tim Hagen, both of whom have been on the show in the past. And I guess they did something right because I'm inviting them back on and excited to have this conversation. Welcome guys. Hey, nice to see you, Andy. It's yep. <laughs> so professional. Good to see you, Ross. <laughs> Good to see you, Tim. I'm excited to talk to you guys. There are millions of things we could be talking about. What I wanted to hone in on with this discussion today is talking about something that that each of us have done or attempted to do and are doing, which is sort of building a consulting coaching practice within the L&D space, as well as sprinkling some of what we're seeing in the space right now as outsiders, considering that most people who listen to this podcast are practitioners within companies. I know we have lots of other coaches and consultants who listen as well. And I know many people are, you know, kind of want to know what's going on in the space and also I know there are many practitioners out there who sort of thought about maybe doing their own thing at some point, and I thought it'd be fun for us to share that. So, Tim, let's start with you, because uh, you've been doing this longer than a lot longer than either of us. Why did you decide to go run your own business versus working in corporate? Yeah, I, I didn't fit. I, I did an IBM internship and quickly found out I was not mainstream corporate. So anyone who spends three minutes with me will find that out. And I kind of fell in love with coaching because I had a manager at IBM that really kind of changed my life and actually really invested in me. And I remember asking her, what do you call it? She said, coaching. And that was 39 years ago. Mm. So I started my first company with technology coaching, saw the effects of it, started to see the training field where we train, we train, we train. And then at the end of the year, everyone says, we need more training. And then leaders were kind of absolved from you know that reinforcement piece. So I'd say about almost 29 years ago, I crafted this company to invest in coaching, teaching leaders how to coach, not just doing coaching, but teaching how to do it. 
And I haven't looked back since. And so there was a real big open hole. It was unique back then. Now, I mean, it's very commoditized because like you said, there's a lot of practitioners in both our, all of our spaces. Yeah. Coaching's become a lot more popular, accessible, sort of like it's okay, right? To, to seek mm-hmm. and, and bring in coaches where it used to be like maybe a stigma tied to it. Moss, you have been building a business as an executive coach in this space as well. You spent more time than us as a practitioner. Why did you make the decision to go out on your own? I think I'm a slow learner to Tim's point, you know, was never really cut out to an internal, you know, corporate person myself, but it just took me a long time to, I guess, figure it out that I, that I wasn't a perfect fit. And this has always been the dream. And, you know, for anybody listening who's internal, who wants to start their own firm, I've been in your shoes. I, you know, I know what that, that feels like, and it seems very scary to leave the steady paycheck and the structure and, you know, the, the seat at the table and um, the captive audience of all the employees that are there to go out and go like, where, you know, I'm going to start this from scratch. Where is it going to begin? So, you know, certainly a scary leap, but there is some sort of authenticity to go like doing your own thing and being an entrepreneur in this space just feels, you know, swimming with the current as opposed to swimming upstream. Yeah. I know what you mean. And it it feels right when you realize that that's a better fit for you. I had the same feeling. I realized after many years working in corporate that I was always butting heads with my managers. Even when I had good managers, I was always butting heads with my managers. And I realized later that I just don't like having a manager. (laughs) I'm like, I really want to. And that's me. Like a lot of people love having a manager, especially when they have a great manager who enables them, empowers them, coaches them, right? If they've worked with either of you and they know how to be a good manager, it's great. I still didn't appreciate it even when I had a good manager. And I just felt like I had this drive to be doing my own thing. And I'm so grateful that I was able to, to create that because that leads me to the next thought, which is, I'm sure we both know many, many people and have known many people over the years who said, I would love to be running my own business. I really love coaching. So I want to run my own business as a coach. And I went down that road before, or, you know, it could be, I love making cookies. I want to have a bakery, right? What a lot of people don't realize when they go into business for themselves is now you're not just doing that thing. You now work in sales as well, right? Because you kind of go find clients who will pay you to do the thing because you don't have the salary anymore. Moss, I know you knew that going in. What adjustments did you make or, you know, were there surprises for you? How did you build this so that you were able to bring in, you know, clients for yourself right away? Yeah. Or not right away, but eventually. A quick funny story about what you said about realizing that you didn't want a manager. I I remember shortly before I, I left, I was transitioning to a new manager and it was our first meeting together. And they asked me like, so what are you looking for? And I said, frankly, I just don't even want a manager. Seemed like a pretty stupid thing to say to the person at the time, but I was being honest. Yeah. They asked, what do you want? I'm like, I just, I don't really even want you to just leave me of, alone. Just leave me alone. The whole notion around sales for me had, there were, there were two tactics to it. One was if, if you're internal now, every single person that you engage with, whether it's leadership development, talent development, coaching is potentially a future client. So treat them with the utmost respect, add the most value uh, and build strong relationships and they'll be a part of yours for life. So having a career of, of running internal leadership development for many years, I had a few thousand leaders that I had worked with before I started my business. And many of them are still in those organizations and many of them have left to start their own business or go elsewhere. And they've reached out to me. And so I'm very grateful for starting off with those relationships. The other thing is, I've never looked at any conversation since starting my business, a sales call. Not that there's anything wrong with sales, but 
For me, it's about building relationships and seeing, is there a need and is it is there a need that I can serve? And is there a fit for it? And if there is, great. And if there isn't, maybe I know someone else, Tim, Andy, yeah. someone else who might be a good fit, or maybe the timing's not right. But I approach all of those as this is a conversation that I hope builds to a meaningful relationship. And if work comes from it, great. And if not, that's okay too. And that took a lot of pressure off from the notion of like, this is a sales call and I need to close. And I don't know that the process looks any different, but it's my mindset that's different. Mm, I like that. Tim, what about you? Yeah, I think for me, I started in sales. So I've always been a good salesperson, but I quickly found out, which was weird because I'm obviously an extrovert. I hate selling. Mm. So what I went back to the coaching business is be different. I mean, I was writing this down as you were chatting, Moss. It's not for the faint of heart. Well, I don't want to sell. Don't go into this business because mm. you are going to be selling. You can call it coaching, selling, needs analysis, yeah, relationship building, you know, whatever. At some point, you, you have want. to make an offer and get them to accept it and pay you. Right. right? And, and people, t- you know, it's really funny. You know, I've asked people this question when they go into this business. I said, well, where do you think your pay comes from? Your paycheck comes from? I've had people literally say a printer. No, it comes from customers. And it's it's a different mindset and it's not for the faint of heart. And I always go, we live by a notion of give and give some more. When a client wants something, give it to them. Don't sit there and nickel and dime them. And I say after 29 years, we've never had a client cancel on us except one. We stayed on contract with them free for a year. They're now a contract 10 years or a client 10 years later. And we've never had a dispute over a bill. And I think a lot of people enter our, our business thinking I magically showed up. You know, I'm an unseat Moss or Andy or Tim, and I'm going to charge 250 to 500 bucks an hour. And they just started. It's like, be careful because this is a, re- if you're not differentiating yourself and you walk in and say, oh, I'm certified in disc and I can do disc assessments, you're commoditized. And if you don't have your own brand and something that separates you, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And and I think for me, just like bringing what both of you said together, for me, it's always been always about relationships. I think I've gotten to a point where I do have a lot of confidence and believe that what I bring to the table is as good as or better than anybody else. I believe I bring a lot of expertise, but still I look at every deal I do with clients and I'm like, oh, there's lots of people they could have worked with, but I have a relationship with them, right? I've proved that worth and I'm so grateful that I have that. And it reminds me every time of the power of building relationships, which is why what you said, Moss, you always keep in touch with people, right? Tim, I see you have a huge network. I know you're always reaching out to people, sending people video messages, doing different things to stand out, organizing summits, all these things that you can do to provide a lot of value, podcast, et cetera. So maybe I'll use that as a transition to talk about marketing. Then I want to come back around to coaching, but you know, part of it is building relationships. There's also kind of a marketing angle of like, how do you get your name out there so that people know who you are and know what you're doing? I think all of us are pretty active on LinkedIn. All of us have had, or do have a podcast. What's your approach to that, Tim? Cause you're, I mean, you're prolific. I feel like you are, you're definitely one of those people that's everywhere all the time. Yeah. I go, I look for problems and I look for specific solutions. I think when you go onto these webinars and you hear people talk or podcasts, well, you've got to be engaged and you've got to ask questions that's today understood. And so when you get into things like, you know, quiet quitting, I mean, now all these leaders are talking about quiet quitting. It's like, it's yeah. been around 50 years. People have been quitting quietly for a long time. It's not new. <laughs> right. And you have to be edgy, but you have to be willing to share a solution. And if you don't share a solution, it's concept. And so I, I think I'm one of the top two webinar presenters at Training Magazine. And one of the complaints people have about me is he goes too fast and he gives away too much information. I said, think about what you just said. If that's the criticism, I'll take it all day long. And how often have we been on those things where, you know, they tease you, they tease you, they tease you, you get to the end. Well, you know, reach out to us in our course costs. And I give and give and give. And if you like it, great. If you don't like it, I'm okay with that. 
Yeah. But I think you have to really look for problems and be very specific in solutions. So when I, I love what Ma said, I view coaching and sales as a parallel. It's question-based, right? Mm-hmm. I do something very unique. I said, well, I'll do this on a first sales call. I said, would you mind if we role-played? They think I'm a lunatic, yet I'm actually practicing my craft. Mm-hmm. And then when they hear and see it, they go, okay, our people can't do that. And I don't do it to show off. And there's a risk there. Yet you can't just talk about coaching. You can't just talk about the value of coaching. You've got to tie it into very specific solutions. And I I have a call today with a, an executive that they're asking me to coach. And that's not something I normally do. Mm. And I asked this person's boss, what do you want from her that you're currently not getting? He couldn't answer it. Mm. He could tell me everything she was doing wrong. And I said, so I'm kind of assuming your role and responsibility. And he said, I think you are. That's not right. I said, nope, now we're getting somewhere. And we, de- we decided to delay it a little yeah. bit. And I think you have to be very, very specific with solutions. I'm worried that our industry has got this flood of people and, and coaching's becoming this blanket that we throw over it. Well, let's get them a coach. I mean, there's all these big companies with thousands of coaches. And it's kind of like, okay, you don't throw coaches at people. You hire coaches yeah. to solve problems yeah. and, and, and get people to become self-aware. I do want to get to coaching, but I, I will say you are very edgy, Tim. I think Moss yes. will agree and it reminds me, you know, there's a there's a very famous sort of popular book in the sales training space called the Challenger yep. Sales Method. I'm sure you're familiar with it, Tim. I feel like you yep. embodied that. Like you are never afraid to challenge clients and anybody you're talking to and push back to teach them a lesson. Well, if if, if you, I, so I live by this and I heard this years ago. If you tell the truth, you never have to remember what you tell people. And everybody talks about trust and honesty and integrity. When a CEO looks at you and says, well, do you think we're on the right path? And you're in front of the vice president of sales, which I had about six months ago. I said, no, I don't think you're even close. I don't think you need me per se, yet you're starting a training program on negotiation and price objection, yet you're not going to do coaching, yet you're going to hire the training department to come up with the solutions for negotiation and price objections of something they've never sold in brokerage services. I said, look at me. It's like me leading a diet program. Would you hire me? And they all started laughing except for the vice president of sales, who now is our biggest advocate. And what he didn't want to do is admit, I don't know where to take this. Had he started there and been vulnerable and looked in the mirror and said, I don't know what to do, but we're not handling this well. I need help. He was posturing in front of the CEO. And so I think getting in in those things, I always go from, I will tell you the truth. You may not like it, but I will never lie to you. A lot of people in our business, and Moss, you probably know it as well as I do. You get in this. There's a lot of people who win business because they say all the right things. And three months later, People are saying, where are our results? Well, you know, this isn't what we were expecting. So, mm. Well, that, and it comes back to bite you as the coach and consultant in the long run. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you've promised something that you can't deliver on. Absolutely. Honest about your assessment of the situation. And something that you're modeling right now, Tim, that I think is from a marketing standpoint to that question, Andy, is telling stories. The power of telling stories, you know, and not just the sequence of events, but the vibe in the room, the he said, she said, well, you know, the jokes that were played, like create a vivid image for somebody so they know what transpired and they understand how it was different as a result of you being there or that conversation taking place. It's authentic. You know, it's authenticating what you do. And, you know, I, I'm very proud to say this. I have two clients, the Milwaukee Brewers and InPro in Wisconsin, who literally to this day will tour my clients. And I haven't done business with InPro in six years. Mm. They will still tour my prospects today. Yeah, which is unheard of. And I'm lucky to have that. COVID-19 pandemic and 2020 changed everything in business and talent development. Almost overnight, companies were forced to figure out how to engage their employees remotely and run their development programs virtually. 
Luckily, Advantage Performance Group has been running a webinar series and releasing free resources throughout the last year and beyond. Advantage is a proud sponsor of the Talent Development Hot Seat. It's known for creating, learning, and consulting solutions that equip individuals, teams, and organizations to be the best at what they do. Advantage helps leaders lead, sellers sell, and businesses flourish. To join our webinar series and find more of our free resources, just head on over to AdvantagePerformance.com. That's AdvantagePerformance.com. Storytelling is powerful. We know Tim loves to tell stories, but I think we all love to tell stories and and they illustrate, right, what is what is possible. Okay, I want to come back to coaching. So coaching is something that has become very mainstream compared to just a few years ago, and I'm sure compared to when you started out in this business, Tim. My assessment of meeting lots of people in L&D, uh, trolling lots of LinkedIn profiles is that probably the number one aspiration that a lot of uh, L&D professionals have on the side is, is to be doing coaching, right? Either inside to be doing more coaching or as a sort of professional coach as a business. And I think there's lots and lots of opportunity out there, um, but there's also tons and tons and tons of competition, both from millions of other individual coaches. And of course we have large scale companies now like BetterUp and others who are providing coaching at scale. What do you see as going on in the coaching industry and how do you differentiate yourself to, to stand out? Maybe we'll start with you, Tim. Yeah, I think, you know, I just wrote down some notes. I think this is not against the L&D space, but yeah. L&D has a very finite delivery, instructional design, competency models, coaching, and forgive the crass analogy, you're naked on the ledge and they shut the window behind you. And all of a sudden you ask somebody a question, oh gosh, Masa's response wasn't what I, I was anticipating. And you sit there and you go, okay, where do I take things? So what makes us a little bit different is we teach it. We don't just do it. We mainly teach it. So we have to demonstrate it. And what do you say when you don't know what to say? What do you say when someone highly is highly resistant? How do you coach someone who's always late for work? And oh, by the way, it's the CEO's nephew. How do you have that conversation? Mm. You have to be situationally go beyond training and learning to demonstrating expertise in the moment. You can't say, well, let's go to page 44 and let's cover that in the afternoon session. No, you're on. The stage is on. You're, there's, you can't say let's defer because you will lose credibility like that versus trainers. So we have a lot of clients who are certified progress coaching trainers who choose not to do what we do, whether good or bad, because they said we're used to kind of following a curriculum and there's nothing wrong with that. That transition from training to coaching is a huge leap. And it's a huge leap from leaders learning, uh, Moss, your attitude stinks, cut it out, going from telling to, Moss, help me understand what, what helps you have a great day and what, what gets in the way and what could we do together? That's the difference between you know leading or yelling and telling to coaching and asking. L&D professionals have that same leap. And I think there's a certain sexiness to coaching, yet I think people also have to realize you're in the moment, you're on. I can't sit here and look at my phone and all of a sudden, boom, I just lost a client. You have to be attentive. And you're talking to yeah. a guy who drinks a jar of Ritalin every day. I've got to be on all the time. That's why sessions should be short. They should be, be present on a particular yeah. topic. Coaching has this appeal to it until you get into the grind of it. Today, mm. it's 3.30 my time. I've been here since 6 a.m. doing calls. Yeah, It's not for the faint of heart. Right. Well, you both like to nope. work harder than me. I know that. Another thing I would say to that, though, is for anybody who is like new or who wants to get into coaching and they find their the be all end all coaching certification program. Yeah. And there are many great programs out there not to knock any of them, but all they are going to do is teach you a methodology with a bunch of other like minded people 
that are really easy to coach because they're all in on coaching. And so you learn the methodology, but they're not actually teaching you how to coach people out in the wild. That's a great point. And mm. that transition is really scary because then you realize, well, they're not playing along with me. My, you know, my coaching, uh, the people in my cohort are going to play along. They're going to go there. They're going to answer the question easily. They're going to use the same vernacular. They understand the, the process that I'm taking them through. And they also don't teach you anything about sales and how to build relationships and show the value of what coaching is. And so you get this certificate and feel like, hurrah, I've made it. I'm now a coach but you're not actually fully equipped to do it to what Tim was talking about being naked on the ledge. Like that is it in its essence, in its core. And you're not going to learn that from any one of these programs. Um, and it's not for everybody. Just like, you know, being a manager isn't for everybody. Being a mm -hmm. coach isn't for everybody. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say that is a hang up for me is that because coaching has become so ubiquitous, I hear leaders and managers all the time saying, Oh, I was coaching this person on my team. And it's lost its definition when we start to say that, because I know that that's not true. You, you mean yep. you were advising them? You were telling them what to do? Is that what you were doing? <laughs> well, the, the number one, let me interject. The number one thing we tell clients or ask them, what is your definition of coaching? Mm. And I once, you know, we, we once had uh, in a, a boardroom with a publicly traded company, everybody talked about their corporate values. We have to coach to our corporate values. One of them was integrity. I gave everybody a note card and wrote down their definition of what they interpreted integrity to be. None of them were on the same page with each other. Mm. So now we're going to coach to a moving target. No, oh, by the way, you haven't been trained in coaching. So their own expectation of coaching was a moving target. And I love that you said that it's, it does have that appeal to it. And it is a great business. People should enter this business. I go back to, you know, something that I love to do. You know, I've coached volleyball for 31 years. We take 15, 16 year old kids, make them go through a coaching course, a leadership program. We make them coach matches. And I tell the parents, don't go near my kids. And I have 17, 18-year-old kids who are now taking MBA programs coming back. Coach, it's the same stuff you taught me. Because we taught them how to be in the moment and coach and be inspiring, be motivating, be challenging with questions. And I think this thing's been up on this pedestal. Coaching is where everybody should go. It's a leap of faith. And there are some L&D leaders who should absolutely go into coaching. Mm -hmm. But even if they make the transition with coaching, I think Moss makes a great point. You now have that sales challenge. You are in sales, whether you like it or not, whether you want yeah. to call it sales, you are responsible for revenue. Yeah, that's right. But I do think there's like a natural tendency there, right? If you work in L&D to be naturally curious and really care about people, you see those consistencies. These are the right people, but th there's a lot of other factors. Like you said, Moss, as you've gone into this, and as, as you mentioned, there's like tons of, you know, coaching is very mainstream. There's tons of stuff out there. How do you stand out? And I'm guessing, obviously, one of them is just the relationships that you have with people. But how else do you try to stand out to make sure that you are seen as you know, a better option than, than whatever else is out there? I mean, I think for me, because the, the growth has been organic, it is about high impact experiences, every experience you have. Mm. So client I work with, if that's high value, high impact, there's a, a clear transformation that's been made, that organization, that leader is going to come back. So the, it, it perpetuates good work, perpetuates good work. It's noisy out there, all the people that are marketing themselves as coaching and you know all the different methodologies and perspectives. And I'm in on all that too, but I really do think that the, the proof is actually in the coaching itself. And is there an impact? Is, is somebody fundamentally different? Have they, they broken through the barrier that was in their way as a result of working with you as a coach? Are they a fundamentally different leader today than they were before? then there's value in the good work begets good work. Tim, what's your take on that? I, I love what you said. And the one thing I would add to it that we we actually put up on our walls and it's one of our missions is be relentlessly helpful. 
So I'm infamous at Monsanto and Agricultural Company. We've done 41 coaching calls before 6 a.m. on Saturdays or Sundays. I have a sleep disorder, so I'm up. They all own farms, so it works out. I'm not, I'm, I look like I'm going above and beyond the call, but that has still resonated at that client site for 12 years. And I think we are in a business where when the first thing that comes out of your mouth, and I, I have a competitor like this, well, that's going to cost more. If that's your first reaction versus just being helpful, then you're then you're playing that role of sales versus the role of coach. So when I do some of those calls, I've had people say, I can't believe you're doing that. I said, look, I'm here. I'm here every Saturday and Sunday early because my family's not up. It's quiet time. You know, certainly I'm doing them a service and I've never charged for it. And that has served us incredibly well as we probably have about 10 agricultural clients. Tim, let me interject there because there is there is a balance here, right? Because obviously we don't want to be taken advantage of. We need to be compensated for our time. I happen to know that you you do quite well. And so I know you you find a way to charge appropriately for the services mm-hmm. that you're providing. Obviously, what you're saying is don't nickel and dime people, look for ways to go above and beyond, provide value, but also charge for the, the value you're giving people, right? Yeah. Now, my pricing strategy is different than a traditional coach who's working one-to-one or with a group or in a cohort and you charge per... I tend to have bigger contracts because we're providing training and content. And I have a lot more flexibility pushing buttons than a traditional coaching business as we teach mm. it. So there's a little, I'm a little bit of a hybrid, but I think we have a lot of people, let's be honest, when you use the word consulting, you don't get a warm, fuzzy feeling. And I think we have to separate ourselves. And so when I work with clients, I do everything on a fixed cost. I took my first client this year on a time and material in 22 years. And she called me up and she said, we're over budget. I said, no, we're not. She said, yes, we are. I said, no, you are. And it was immediately transferring to me. I was responsible for her budget. And we ate time. Mm. Good client, good person, great person. We yep. ate time. Last question. We got to wrap things up here. For people thinking about this, You know, what, what's one more piece of advice you would give? Or what are you observing out there that would be important for people to keep in mind? Moss, I'll go to you first. Learner's mindset. This is not something that you're going to master in two years. Every client presents a new set of challenges and opportunities, and you've got to constantly be learning. Yep. What about you, Tim? Be prepared to starve. Give yourself a one to year to 12, 18 month run rate. Don't go into it thinking you're going to be equaling your salary in the first 90 days because it's not yeah. going to happen. And if I'm wrong, I'm thrilled for you. Yeah, that's great. I mean, if you, uh, I see that the people that do it right walk out of a corporate job with contracts in their hand. I didn't do it that way, but I, I see a lot of people that do that. And that's, that's the way to go if you can do it, but have that backup. And I'll just throw in the advice that Moss, you gave when we did a recent podcast interview, which is to network, network, network. And you talked about it earlier, build those relationships because you never know where that, that future business or future mentor or anything is going to come from. I talked about it when we had our previous interview I met both of you on LinkedIn. You've both become great friends and mentors to me and partners, all kinds of things. And I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. And so I'm always looking to meet great people because you never know where it's going to go. Thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Look forward to talking with you more soon. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Tim. Thanks. That will do it for my conversation with Tim Hagen and Massimo Bacchus on building a coaching consulting business in L&D. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. I hope you got value. Moss and Tim and I have all gotten to become good friends, and we do tend to tease and razz each other quite a bit. I don't know if any of that came out in that conversation. By the way, you know I'm really big on networking and I hope you are as well, because there's there's so much to unlock in this world, both for professional and personal reasons, from building relationships. I met Moss and Tim both on LinkedIn 
at various times, Massimo a few years ago, Tim a few years ago, but I think Massimo before that, we both started with a connection on LinkedIn and then got on a Zoom call and started talking and then continued to build the relationship from there. And at some point I introduced Massimo and Tim to each other because I thought they should know each other and they've now become good friends as well. And that's what this world is all about. And whether you are trying to build a business or you're building a career and you want to be successful, I think there's no better way to do it than by building a network, building relationships with great people, because those are going to lead to great opportunities. Now, speaking of building relationships and building your network, I don't think there's a better place to do that in the talent development world than the talent development think tank community. If you're not a member, you need to come check us out. Tim and Massimo are both longtime members, been members pretty much since the beginning. Uh, Tim has led sessions in there on building a coaching culture. I believe Moss has, and we're going to have him do another one soon on compassionate leadership. We do calls every Wednesday. With get, we have guest speakers. We do open forum calls. We have lots of great sessions on different topics, and it's very interactive. It's all about bringing you into the conversation and really leveraging the experience and wisdom in the room. So if that's something you're interested in, we would love to have you come check it out. Our website is tdtt.us. We're also going to be hosting the next Talent Development Think Tank conference soon. The first one was back in January of 2020. It was a huge, huge hit. So many people told us it was the best conference they've ever attended. And I am excited to finally be bringing it back. It's going to be in February 22nd and 23rd in Sonoma, California. And our website is going to be the same for that, tdtt.us. That's tdtt.us as in Talent Development Think Tank. So go check that out. I hope to see you in the community. Hope to see you at the conference. By the way, speaking of experiential learning, we kind of mentioned, uh, touched on earlier, our sponsor for this podcast since the very beginning has been Advantage Performance Group. I was formerly a partner there. Advantage helped us run the first conference back in January 2020, and they've been a great partner for our podcast since then. So I'd love for you to go check them out. Advantage is their professional services firm. I used to be a partner there, essentially offering many different types of experiential learning programs, interactive learning programs to give you value and help your people really achieve more in your organization. If you want to learn more about Advantage, their website is advantageperformance.com. All right. Thank you again for listening. I really appreciate you being here. Next week, I've got another great guest for you. This one, back to being a more traditional L&D practitioner, but in a very, very large company that you know. And he's done some really impressive things. And uh, we're going to share a little bit of that. I think you're going to be pretty impressed. So stay tuned and I'll talk to you next time. Thanks again for listening to the Talent Development Hot Seat. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to leave us a rating and review on iTunes to help other people find the show. And as always, you can find all of our episodes and tons of free resources on our website, talentdevelopmenthotseat.com. Thank you again. Take care.